Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are back again for our wonderful little roundabout time on the bonfire here. This is Boomer. Unfortunately, Bacon could not make it with us tonight. So, who do we have gathered around this blazing inferno of shit that we have going on in our society today? (laughs) Blazing inferno of shit. That's a good way to put it. I thought so. How you doing tonight, Nash? Oh, doing pretty well. Can't complain. And we have taking bacon spot on the spot here in the fire. We have Mr. Rich Warfield, previously of Loud Pipes Podcast. Evening, gentlemen. Thanks for the invite. It's always always nice to sit around the fire and enjoy one of my favorite beers. And you've done a heck of a job building the fire, so keep that thing stoked up. Well, it's cold as shit around the country, so yeah, of course. <laughs> Even down here in Texas, it was like 52 degrees today. Uh, it threatened us with a good time this afternoon, but I don't know. It was still only about 50. I envy y'all's 50. We were 29. Mm. That's next week for us. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Friday's not looking good. I saw that S word in the forecast, and I was like, hmm, maybe I need to go back to Florida. Yeah, I thought about doing that myself. You know what? Florida's maybe not so bad. I see why people retire there. So it's funny you should bring up the retirement thing about Florida. This has nothing to do with what we were going to talk about tonight, which thanks to Mr. Mr. Uh, Warfield for bringing this topic up. (laughs) But uh, I found out talking to several people that the reason why people retire and buy RVs is they sell their houses so they only have to pay insurance on one thing, just the RV. They no longer have to pay property taxes. They no longer have to pay property insurance. None of that. All they have to pay for is that damn RV. And it's actually cheaper, a lot cheaper. A lot of your taxes go down, too. And if you if you register it in Florida or Tennessee, then what is it? There's no state tax either. I know Florida Correct. has no state tax, but. But they'll get you one way or the other. New Hampshire's like that. They've got no state tax, no sales tax. But one of them, I think it's property tax, is outrageous. They don't have to. That's insane. Yeah, everything equals out one way or another. They just play their numbers differently for each state. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna bend you over a barrel one way or another. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, taxes coming in is, is never going to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> they are coming in all different directions and as much as they need. Would you like the fake KY or right. just yeah. popular pro-brand KY? <laughs> For $10 more, you can have a premium experience. And if you don't pay, we're going to get the bucket of sand out. <laughs> and we're not talking about premium sand. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, we're no. Talk- this is going to be the... Shards of glass sand. This is just going to be a fistful from the rest of 80 grit, you know, sandblaster sand. Exactly. So I guess we need to bust in with this topic because we might be here for a while on this one. Yeah, this this could get a little deep. This, this could episode get a little might deep. have to have some editing some for editing. people that are very long-winded with ears. <laughs> <laughs> So what we were going to talk about tonight is going to be conspiracy theories and what everybody's favorite one is. Mm. 
I can feel the eyes roll in the audience already. Yeah, it's like, oh, boy, <laughs> here we go. And just for clarification, we're going to try to stay away from the 2020 election, and we're going to try to stay away from that. Yeah. A lot of the other nonsense ones out there because it's just really not worth getting into because it's there's too much out there as far as what's real and what's not and it's not even entertaining anymore yeah well there's that's the problem with i don't know if it's a problem but that's the thing with a a conspiracy theory typically is there's so much nuance that it leaves room for all kinds of data and, and respinning of things. And, you know, and I think that's where the theories come from is just, there's so much out there. There's so much nuance. You can Mm kind of pick, pick your angle and, and run it any way you want. Exactly. Um, so I'm guess, go ahead. I was going to ask, do we want a little primer? Because I think it's, it's worth setting the stage here a little bit. Well, there's several of them. I mean, we can get into the one that you started talking about, which was the New World Order. Well, I don't. Before we get there, I was going to say let's let's throw some definitions on the table. Go for it, and at least hear what you know what what is defined or or what is what is written, as they say, right? So, yeah. Merriam-Webster, which is a publication since 1828, and I'm looking at their online version. So, who knows? That's the other problem with conspiracy theories is. If you get your data online, it can be ever-changing. And who knows where it's coming from, right? Who wrote it, who the actual source is. That, As great as the internet is, that is also a downfall to getting quality data. So that's why I, I almost always caveat things. It's like, well, I'm looking at this website on this date, and that's what it, it says you, right now. You almost have to, because the last time we got together, we started talking about terrorism, and when I read off the actual definition of terrorism it was different it was well it wasn't just different it didn't fit what everybody was wanting to believe and what everybody was wanting to talk about yeah and it's you know hey look i understand this is what happened the bombing in nashville happened but does it fall under terrorism according to the definition of terrorism right it doesn't fall under it right it's a horrific act and it damaged a lot of things in nashville but it still doesn't fit under terrorism. Terroristic act? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but legal definition? Couldn't. So you want to read it? You want me? So, so yeah, so I'll do Merriam-Webster, and then we'll probably take a stroll through Wikipedia, which, again, it's another thing. Great resource, but, you know, who knows? Yeah. So yeah. Merriam-Webster says... The definition of conspiracy theory is a theory that explains an event or set of circumstances as the result of a secret plot by usually powerful conspirators. That sounds like a good topic now, doesn't it? It sounds great. So what I have on the Wikipedia thing (laughs) is, or not just Wikipedia, but on the uh, Google dictionary, it says a belief that some covert but influential organization is responsible for a circumstance or event. Mm -hmm. And, I know Wikipedia goes on to explain that, you know, a conspiracy theory is a lot more than just a conspiracy, which doesn't necessarily have any, any hidden meaning or, or anything like that. Uh-huh. But yeah, I thought, I, I don't know if it's my favorite, you know, you said it's our pick our favorite conspiracy theory and this is not my favorite, but the new world order stuff 
to me, it's just everywhere. Once you start poking a little bit, you start seeing signs of this stuff everywhere, and you can't get away with it. You can't get away from it. It's kind of like the number 33. Like once you you have some insight, you're like, yeah, this is darn, this number is everywhere. Okay, explain the 33. My understanding is it's it's used as a signal, or it's it's purported to be used as a signal, generally from some intelligence agency or some again some conspiracy right some hidden meaning being thrown out into the ether for someone to take note of Mm -hmm. that's how i understand it and then you start seeing it everywhere like i know you don't want to touch current events but you know 33 more covid cases today and you're just like another one it's like you sure it wasn't 34 like and we just say it was 34 just to get away from this right right like, just make me feel better and say it was 32, okay? But, yeah, that's my understanding. You, you might have more background or context, but that's my understanding is it's, it is a signal. Okay. So before we get started on any of this, it's no surprise to anybody who has listened to us for a while. I've worked for the government. I've been in the military. I've done a few things over the years. And I can tell you that the federal government is completely 100% incompetent. I can vouch for that. I've been there and seen it as well. I've only had a little taste of it, but there there are shades of that from my experience. Yes, if you put shades the, of incompetence. If you put <laughs> if you put the federal government in charge of regulating sand in the Sahara, it would be an ocean in two years. Uh, that or a forest. One of the two grasslands. <laughs> exactly. And it's it's in everything you see and everything that they do. So going forward, the whole idea of a new world order. Okay, let's let's delve into that. Well, but you're saying government. I I don't see the new world order as our government in particular. I think our government, at least in the last four years, has been an impediment to the new world order. I think it's more, you know, I'll just use the term elites, you know, global elites that just want to control everything and they may or may not be in government. Okay. So do you think that the, the, um, what is that group? It's the one Alex Jones has a huge heart on for that he kind of gets into. Oh, the Bilderberg group. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think that's part of the new world order also? It's in that in that vein, yeah. And people okay, like so, people like to talk about you know George Soros as the front man. I don't I don't know that he's the guy, but that's the kind of thing that I'm thinking of. It's not necessarily the governments in their current form. It's it's where they want everything to be. Okay. For me, just to add on to that, or kind of piggyback, whatever you want to call it, I don't see it as being controlled by governments. I see the new world order being like Google and megacorps running everything. I mean, there's already been a testament that Google has more power than CIA. Right. So, I mean, that it really looks like that's the direction that everything's trying to head. It's not going to be a government. It's going to be a mega corporation that you're paying money to do whatever for. And they just they just let the government think that they're running the show. Correct. The government is your face. 
while they're running behind the scenes. Yeah. I, I see some of that too. And I, I've argued with people over the years about different privacy things. And it's like, you know, they're, oh, the government can't do this because there's laws against it. And I always argue that, you know, they don't have to dig into you too deeply because you give up your data voluntarily. If you have a smartphone and you're a social media user, then not only that, your data is for sale, my friend. <laughs> What's that? What criminal have you ever known to follow a law? Right. Right. Don't turn this into a 2A argument. I've had enough of that. <laughs> no, 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 week. no. No, I'm not. I'm, why is everybody looking at me when you say that? <laughs> Look, hey, just because I'm you. the resident, <laughs> just because I'm the resident gun guy on this one doesn't mean. Okay, I was actually going to talk about you know Facebook being a part of you know the new world order, and Facebook was actually dreamed up by the CIA. Mm. And honestly, what better intelligence gathering source is out there besides Facebook? Oh, no kidding! I mean, I mean Zuckerberg had to be created in a lab. Because he is straight robot. <laughs> There's no emotion to him. <laughs> There's a show opener if I ever heard one. <laughs> oh, yeah. If we did show openers, that would be it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's we- interesting. I, I like that you guys are taking the the corporate angle because I, I get a little too hung up sometimes on the the global forces to be, you know, that aren't necessarily corporations, just your, your billionaires trying to throw their weight around type of thing. Well, really, it kind of goes hand in hand. They are throwing their weight around, but they're throwing it around by using the tools that the entire world is using. Right. I mean, they've got their hand in everybody's pockets and everybody's fine with it. You know, there's just the minority that's like, no, 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 this ain't right. Yeah. They've grown to so much power. It's like Walmart. I see some of it changing though. I I don't know if you guys are seeing this, but I'm seeing people step away. From social media like entirely it's it's becoming a bigger trend which it's a good thing honestly i believe three years i give social media tops three years and it'll be dead it'll be just like the blogs in the 90s yeah mm-hmm. in the early 2000s do you guys remember all that when everybody had a blog and everybody was check out my blog and check this out on my blog yeah myspace was an early mm-hmm. social media thing but yeah, well, I don't, I don't know that it'll go away entirely. I think it's going to evolve. So I, I follow this platform called Mastodon, which is decentralized. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a federation of little networks. So it's a lot more like how the internet works, where you know the internet is not a central... Well, it's another debate we could get into. It's not a central thing. Like, you can't take down the internet by sw- knocking a computer offline, like... You know, it's this giant web of computers that keep the whole thing running. So the idea with Mastodon is everybody runs their own little server and you federate with all the other ones and you can have a global view of the Mastodon world, but you can also just, you know, isolate in your own group. So let's say we had a Cracklecast Mastodon server. You and I, Chad and Bacon, and anybody we invite in would be on our little server but we could federate with other servers and then we could get feeds from all these other servers. And then it would just be like a social media stream, but no one would be in control of our little server. That would be ours. So if somebody knocked another server offline, so what ours is still running and we still have our thing. Mm-hmm. So I see some of that taking hold and, and Twitter has said that. I think, I think Jack Dorsey has mentioned this in the past that 
at some point they may have to federate. And that's what he's talking about, federating with other services. Huh. The thing I see that they're not going to like doing that with is because then they start to lose control. Because mm-hmm. right now, as it says, everything's piped through Google servers. Yeah, so their data like servers, center is yeah. insane. Yeah. Because everybody's got their APIs on their websites or anything else. So you're thinking you're going to a website that's fine. You look at the code on it. Oh, look, there's Google APIs sucking my information away. Yep. So just like you know, in recent times with our Nashville thing, with AT&T getting hit, and it took down most of the southeast area from mm-hmm. phones and internet and everything else around here. Yeah, you had cell phone big trouble for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was just one provider in one location that took out that much. Now, if you took out Google, that's one provider, but they provide so many services all around the world. Like well, that's that kind of just a- escalates a whole lot farther. So that's where centralization is actually a very bad thing. They control people with it, but they can also end and stop a lot of things like wall street would be done for well that's what happens there is you've got like it sounds like at&t maybe owned a lot of the fiber in that area and no matter what your internet is it's going over their fiber at some point if they're the ones who control the you know the physical lines if you will and we have that here in charlotte from what i understand at&t did the fiber to the south and and google laid the fiber to the north and then they just share it Mm -hmm. so you can get AT&T, Gigapower, whatever it's called, anywhere in the city. But if you're on the north side, it's traversing over Google's fiber. That's how I understand it. But yeah, it's all, it's another centralized model. Yeah, it's all networked together. Okay. You'll have to excuse me because I don't know the computer stuff. What about redundancy? You know, that is a great thing. It's a beautiful word. Most people don't do it. Okay. That's because what I was just kind of, Well, that's <laughs> what I was just wondering about. So Well, it depends like on how, how it's set up. There's there's so many layers to that stuff. Mm-hmm. There is. And a lot of it too comes it, down to cost. It's like, well, how much do you want to spend for something that might never happen? And that's where the business starts to fight with IT, where they, they look at this astronomical cost of, you know, you were telling them, if something happens in Nashville, let's say I'm a Nashville company, if something happens in Nashville, we want to put a data center in Wyoming or wherever. You know, we want to be as far away as we can. We want to be on completely different networks, you know, different physical part of the country in case something happens. But then you hand them the bill for something like that, and it's like, ooh, What's the likelihood this is going to happen? <laughs> That's like the company I work for. We had two data centers. We had one in uh, Nashville and we had one in Alabama. Well, we just consolidated everything down to Alabama now. So we're down to one single data center. Yeah. So even though we have two circuits coming in, one from AT&T and one from Verizon, we still have that single point of failure. Yeah. And that's where your your cloud services start to win a little bit is – Mm-hmm. You can push your application to Google or Amazon, and they'll put it in multiple data centers for you. you know, you'll have one in the east, one in the west, maybe something else in the south, and then you don't have to worry about it. You just write them a check. You know, and, and then like what we do at work, there's a hybrid. 
you know, we have some stuff in our data center or our two data centers and split between those two and the cloud. So mm-hmm. you, you have the, the kind of the three-legged stool, if you will. So it all costs money, Chad. It's oh, just okay. how, how far you want to take it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you mentioned New World Order. Have you looked into the Georgia Guidestones? Yeah, that's a little freaky, isn't it? I was reading that in the last couple of weeks. That was was eye-opening. But I I don't know much about it, though. Well, the part that's freaky about all of it is nobody knows who paid for it. (laughs) You know, the, the old saying, and when you're doing any kind of investigation work, is they always say, follow the money. Right. Well, there's no paper trail. There's no money to follow. Right. You can't figure out where it came from. It was all paid for by cash. It was paid for. Anonymous donor. It it was paid for in cash to an individual who hired a lawyer to do this, being a second or third cutout, to get all of this done and then put up. Hmm. I don't get it. (laughs) If that's your goal, why tell everybody that's what you want to do? That's the part that doesn't get me. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm going to speak for myself. I don't know about you guys, but if somebody came up to me and said, Hey, we have an idea. We want to kill off half the population of the planet. So that we can all be much better off. I'm going to have kind of an issue with that one. Well, it's more than half. It isn't the the balance number five hundred million. Isn't that what's on the stone? No more than five hundred million. Uh, hang it on. I think that's the number. That it just came across my radar as I was doing a little research for this show like we said at the beginning on the definitions and you know how things are written in certain websites that that came up to me and i think it was 500 million and i think i just heard thanos get a hard on over this but. yeah i was going to say is thanos <laughs> got four stones or five at this point <laughs> <laughs> ah my kids keep rewatching all of those movies that's the other crazy thing too is bringing in the movies into play on this, if you look back at all the movies previously, like Demolition Man or any of the older movies, the 80s, the 90s, any of them, yeah, and you watch all the events that happen in the movies, and then they happen later on, you know, 10, 15 years down the road or whatever. If you look at it, like they predicted that before it even came to be. So the conspiracy theory on that is, was it planned? Right. Or was it just something that happened but there's too many things that come into play here that maybe the writers you know thought oh hey this would be a cool idea for a movie and then somebody else is like hey that's a really good idea we're going to use that now in real life so here's what the guidestones say maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature there you go 
guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Unite humanity with a living new language. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Can we do number seven now? I was going to say, can we just (laughs) enact seven right away? Yeah, that'd be beautiful. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. I mean, it sounds good on paper. Right. Well, everything sounds good on paper, including socialism and communism. Until no you, child left behind sounded great on paper. Until you try to to do it, then you realize. Wait, I'm one of the five hundred. I'm one of the people who's not one of the five hundred million. Hang on, I have a problem. <laughs> right. Maybe you just got to figure out if you're in the circle or not. Is this like one of those games of if you think about the circle, you're you've lost? <laughs> Am I, do I have the correct friends or? Yeah. If you're not sure if you're in or not, then you're not. (laughs) Yeah. If you question it. Yeah. Well, like I said, this one, this one speaks to me just in general because you, you wonder about some of the signs and some of the things that happen, especially after the fact, when you've had a chance to digest things and and look around it at more evidence, It, it just makes you wonder. And I don't want to touch on 2020 or this year too much, but there's plenty to go around lately. Well, without I don't, being, I don't think anybody wants to touch 2020. It's got herpes. So <laughs> I would, that's being nice. <laughs> I was going to say there is a, there is a Dean Koontz book that was released in like in the seventies or eighties. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But it talks about in the year 2019 that there was a release of a coronavirus-type plague and how it decimated the population. Again, I'm still waiting for the decimation on this. Now, is that, is that um, current definition decimation or the literal definition? I think they were going for the um, – it's in a novel – because literally, literally decimation, from, from what I remember looking at, just means 10%. That's like the old definition is. We just reduced it by 10%. And now, and now people use it as a replacement for like obliteration. It's entirely possible considering when it was written. You know, you type, start talking early 80s on this. Yeah. There was yeah, another website. Quick. Sorry, I was going to say, I don't, there's another website. I wish I could find it now. They lined up a whole bunch of things on the coronavirus, just on you know signs and signals and things. And didn't we say we weren't going to touch twenty twenty? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did, but I'm fixing to. Uh, <laughs> speaking of coronavirus, I went back and I watched uh, the movie World War Z. Three or four years and old. So why? <laughs> Just felt like watching it again because it was something that I could just put as noise in the background. But a lot of things hit. It's talking about a virus made in China and talking about how it got out and it became a pandemic and this and that. 
just I'm like that it matches up too much. Well, then it wasn't there a tabletop exercise just before. Mm-hmm. Yes. Spun out of like Johns Hopkins or something. It was like, what the, I wish I could find that something 201, right? Yeah. Um, it actually happened in 2017. If I remember the exercise correctly, where they talked about a viral outbreak and they mm-hmm. picked China as where it outbroke from. Yep. I mean, come on. Like, how many more of these things do we need? <laughs> when it comes on The Simpsons, I'll start paying attention. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's it's spooky when The Simpsons get it right. You're like, oh, Trump is president. Yeah. How many years ago did they pull that one? Uh, goodness gracious. They pulled that one like 20 years ago, I think. Yeah, I don't know if it was 20 years ago, but it was a long time ago. It, it was a long time ago, yeah. All right, I'm getting close. I think the, I think I can find it. It's not a website I'd ever heard of before, so take that with a couple of grains of salt. Well, while we were digging into these conspiracy theories, I found one that was actually really interesting. And it had to do with the uh, the recent dump of uh, the JFK files. Mm. They got released. And uh, there was an informant down in... Columbia, that they only they only list him on the paperwork as being Similodi Similodi three. My Russian sucks. C i m e l o d y dash three, and he reported back in Washington in 1955 that Adolf Hitler was still alive. And hanging out in South America. And he was in South America. So you're saying he was enjoying cocaine and hookers. uh, I don't know if he was down there for the hookers and cocaine, but he was definitely down there. I mean, if you listen to the rumors about Adolf Hitler, he was, you know, impotent. And that was part of the reason why he was so angry. Well, I mean, nowadays you can't be like that, so people just buy and jack up trucks and put neon lights all over them and waste don't a good forget, truck. Don't forget the Carolina squat. Oh, yeah. That's one thing I, <laughs> I think that, can't get my I head think around. That was, that was developed by the New World Order. It probably was to ang- aggravate us. Right. To create division, so division. Yeah, it was. it's just there to make Jeep people hate them. <laughs> and, and fights in the monster truck parking lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I get having a a <laughs> different look for your vehicle, but... Why drop the back end and raise the yeah, front? Yeah, I have a hard time when you really start messing with the functionality of said item. Yeah, I should take pictures of all these trucks around here and send them to y'all. There's probably 40 or 50 different trucks that... One of them has rubber band tires on it. He's got it lifted probably 10, 12 inches. Yeah, and low profile. Neon lights all over it. Like, this truck is just a road baby. It If it sees a speck of dust, it's freaking out and going to the car wash. It's like the the little racing cars, too, that you see where, you know, someone will soup up their car, put low profile tires on it, and then put, like, 15 degrees of camber in the thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
It's like you have um, less contact patch on your tires than I have on my motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm only going to eat up a quarter inch of my tire. I'm saving so much money. <laughs> the rolling resistance is awesome in this thing. And, and then I could just rotate perfect. the tires. And then I could just rotate the tires. Yeah. All I have to do is just rotate my tires and I'll get more life out of them. Good. Right. Well, most of them think, oh, I don't have to rotate my tires. They rotate every time I get in it and drive down the road. So <laughs> they're constantly rotating. Yeah. Have you been talking to my daughter? <laughs> <laughs> Did you rotate your tires? Yep. I drove it to work. Of course I rotated my tires. Yeah, I rotate my tires every day I drive, and I change my oil once a year. Come on. Occasionally, the rear ones rotate faster than the front ones. Right. <laughs> Depends on how I feel for the day. Although mine's all-wheel drive, so can't get away with that. At least not for long. Her little you car. You can. Just take out the front drive shaft. You'd be all right. Or little car of hers. <laughs> so I get. I gotta go ahead. No, I was gonna say. I guess at least we agree. The three of us at least agree that there are some. There are some powers to be. On a global scale, looking for more control, whether it's a full blown, new world order or not. But there are definitely groups out there looking for, an insane amount of control. I do agree with that. And I think a lot of the powers are the UN reaching out saying, Hey, join us, join our powers and we'll, yeah, we'll we'll give you cookies and cake. Like how uh, David Bowie said in the labyrinth, just do as I say, do as I command and I will be your slave. (laughs) Well, if I'm doing as you command, I'm not your fucking slave. Now I am. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's just there's something definitely weird. There's definitely something going on. I mean, you can talk about I'm going to say this. Having worked with several people, there's no way there's any aliens at Area 51. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say there's no area aliens at Area 51 because if there were some little fucking E3 airman would have, yeah, would, it would have come out. Would have selfied with the alien that's in the little <laughs> jar. Would have taken a picture with him going, "Hey!" And that oh, would have not been. at Area 51. They're at Area 52. Come on, man. God, I tell my kid that all the time. You don't have to worry about Area 51. It's Area 52. That's where all the good shit's at. I'm like what? Hell, Area 52 is probably under the White House or the Pentagon, and that's where the aliens are running everything. No, it's underneath the da- uh, Denver airport. I was going to say, go with Denver. <laughs> you had that on your list. Yeah. yeah I had to look one. that one Denver. up. Oh, have you guys ever flown into Denver? I think Can't so. can't say I have. It's been no. a long time. Okay, so. so Denver airport. Here's the weird part about the Denver airport. They were millions oh i have flown into denver it's like it is not convenient to downtown in any way as i remember that's not where i was going but i just remember thinking i flew into the airport went to the place i was working and then we wanted to go downtown where our hotel was and it was like 40 minutes 
I'm like, wait a minute. Is this not the Denver airport? So the the Denver airport was completed. Uh, when was it completed? I'm having to go through this because I kind of, there were other stuff that was on here. Here you go, Rich. It was built by the New World Order. Oh, nice. <laughs> See? Perfect. That if you if you look at an aerial shot of the Denver airport, it looks like a swastika. That's crazy. Interesting. But if you look at the photographs of their actual configuration, the, the runways don't seem to resemble that shape in particular, unless you're really looking for it. The airport's dedication marker credits an organization called the New World Airport Commission for building it. <laughs> it's just hitting you over the head with this that, stuff, aren't they? Such an original name. How about the giant blue horse? They're saying the blue must, Mustang, also known as Blucifer, <laughs> is a 32-foot fiberglass sculpture. <laughs> it is paying homage to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Oh, God. Sometimes you wonder if they're just making fun of us. Like, come on. It contains the Illuminati headquarters. That's the theory. There is a time capsule buried on the property, which bears a symbol of the Freemasons, which are linked to the Illuminati. I know some, I know some Masons. They'd be very impressed to know that they're tied into the Illuminati. I know a couple of them myself. I actually work with a few of them. Uh, yeah. They... I'm looking at the map now. I, I think I see the problem where, where I was working was not where I was staying. So it doesn't look like the airport's that far away <clears throat> from downtown. Then, of course, you have the budget. And it was so far over budget that they never thought it would actually get finished. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's, there's, of course, there's tunnels underneath the airport. Duh. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the. It's okay because we paid in Bitcoin. Oh, God. It's funny. I, I I just go to Google Maps and I'm looking at it and I, I see the, the swastika right away without even doing the satellite view. That's crazy. And then you have the, you know, the murals that are all over the place that have, you know, the artwork that's gone in. All right. Well, you mentioned Illuminati, so Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, you, you mean the the little triangle that the guy held it up like this? <laughs> well, no, this year, did you see, I was watching a little bit just before I came downstairs, like the, the creepy people dressed in white with the red eyes. Like, no, I didn't see it. How oh, that's creepy great. was that? And it was like this kind of like holy music and smoke everywhere. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. Oh, you got to watch the first like, 30 seconds of it. I'm like, no, that's not, it's not creepy at all. No, not at all. <laughs> but there's always that, that first part There's always like some sort of like fire and devils and some sort of sign. And then they get the show on. Well, they have to pay homage. 
Yeah. And I was, I was texting back and forth with a buddy of mine and I was like, and people wonder why they, they make the Illuminati reference every time there's a halftime show. I'm like, did you see that? I think they're just making fun of us. That's what you wonder. If we hit them. So- Do you guys ever watch this TV show called Stargate SG one? Yes. Probably one of my favorite sci-fi shows. And they, they came up with an idea on one of the shows where they actually let somebody do a TV show based off of Stargate SG one. So that if any of the information ever got out about SG one or about the Stargate, right. they could instantly disprove them and go, well, this all came from the TV show. show. <laughs> or it came from the movie that Kurt Russell starred in. It, well, <laughs> They they <laughs> talked about it on the shows like oh yeah no we just filmed this TV show anybody who comes up with anything going forward they even say it on the show mm. you have people working and you know you've got the SG one crew they're like why are you doing a show about what we're doing that nobody's supposed to know about and one of the characters and it goes in case anything ever leaks we can instantly disprove uh-huh. it and go it came from this TV show I in like, plain sight. That's exactly what they were talking about, hiding in plain sight. So maybe that's what this whole New World Order and Illuminati thing is doing, is we're just hiding in plain sight. If you think about it, that's really the only way to hide something, because it's brilliant because then I think as humans, just, the tendency to tell is too too great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That Not it, only that, but also, too, if somebody sees something, they're willing to just you know, bypass and go, Oh, whatever. It's cool. And you know, see that thing. All desensitized from it. Yeah. I'm, I've seen that in 10,000 movies and shows and all the billboards yeah. and everything else. It's like it's fire not- and pyramids and red eyes is perfectly normal for a halftime show. Yeah. But that's- if you hide it, Oh, well then that adds mystery, uh, mystery. Yeah. And everybody's Suspense, now and everybody wants to know what they're, yeah, they're looking for it. Cause they, you know, that's just human natures to drive, to find that mystery. It's like buried treasure. You guys ever watch the um, the Curse of Oak Island? I think that's what it's called. <laughs> Where they're looking for buried treasure. <laughs> that show is like, it's like one of those long-winded infomercials to get you to buy something where they say, I'm going to tell you the one tip that you need to lose weight. And then they just keep talking and talking and talking and never give you the tip. Yeah, yeah because never get to the point. Them. Yeah, that's what this TV show feels like is this they keep telling you like we found something it's a breakthrough it's you know there's all these little things to get you thinking that they're gonna hit pay dirt but it's always nothing it's like (laughs) oh we found a stick and it was thicker than mud so we thought it was a piece of iron thanks for watching our 25 commercials yeah it's like the show (laughs) it took you 38 minutes to get me to that point so i i watched about a season of that and i'm like oh i can't take it i can't take this anymore well then what about if that's the case what about places like skinwalker ranch out in utah oh i don't know that one. Oh, you don't know about that one that's that's an interesting odd place um i know people who live out there and uh one guy i know went driving past it and off to the side of the road it looked like there was a very large animal that looked to be it was roadkill mm. it looked like it was according to his 
words, it looked like a wolf the size of an elk had been hit by a semi. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. This guy hunts. He knows what he's talking about. His friend drove by and saw the exact same thing. He went home the exact direction, going past it, expecting, because he was going to stop and take pictures because he'd never seen anything roadkill that big on the side of the road. It was all gone. There was no trace to be found whatsoever on the side of the road. Hmm. What's this one called? Skinwalker Ranch. It's in Utah. It's also known as UFO Ranch due to its ostensible 50-year-old history uh, of odd events. I just pulled up the URL for it. It's got its own webpage. Mm-hmm. Nice. Looks uh, definitely looks pretty interesting for sure. Oh, you know, of course, watched- a TV series now in 2020. Did you see that? Of course it is. TV series <laughs> on the History Channel featuring a team of scientists and experts using science and tech such as lasers, ground-penetrating radar, therm- thermography, uh, attempting to explain the claims of UFO sightings, animal mutilations, and paranormal events. Don't yeah. know. That's a new one for I me. Don't, that's... In all of my travels, I've seen some really weird shit. And there's definitely creepy shit around, but that's what I'm seeing here. It's probably one of the weirdest I've seen. <laughs> it's cool like, score. That ranks cool. higher than Adolf Hitler still being I was gonna alive. Say, is, that, is that your favorite one, Chad? Is that yours? No. Well, no. It was just something I came across a while back. It was like, oh, yeah, I'll just file this for later. Kind of thing. From what I'm looking at here, Blair Witch was PG compared to this. Yeah, the this ranks right up there with the uh, the state park disappearances. Mm. Which that's weird shit too, and that's one of those conspiracies that I don't know if if you dig into that one, you'll never go into a state park ever again. (laughs) I don't like state parks anyway, but yeah. Have you heard of that, Rich? Disappearances? Yeah, there's hundreds of disappearances in state parks. The only one I kn- well, I was watching this series, well, not a series, I was watching this show not too long ago, and he talked about some huge park in New Hampshire, and there was a, you know, like a mother and a child basically found in a barrel, and it was this long, convoluted story. That's the only one that I know of, but they didn't disappear. It was just a a horrific finding. It was like something bear, great bear state park. Let me see. What is that called? Bear state park, New Hampshire. I got to get the name. Are you looking at it up? I have a question. I've had a question for years. Nobody can answer it. We probably still can't answer it on this show. <laughs> Back in the seventies and eighties, when cameras first came about, UFOs were all blurry. Pictures were blurry. Okay, great. That's fine. Now in the day and age of the camera, uh, cell phone camera, and we've got you know, 13, 15, 18 megapixels with the iPhones having 27,000 cameras on the back of them. Either A, UFOs have disappeared and are not existing anymore, or B, we still can't get a damn clear picture. Everything still shows up fuzzy. Yeah, even when they're looking at them. Yeah. 
Why? Like, I can take a picture and a selfie with a sandwich over here, and it comes up crystal clear. But then you turn it around and take a picture of the sky, and all of a sudden everything's fuzzy, blurry, and, you know, 0.2 megapixel. My thought on that is just the... If it's a thing, so if, if aliens are, are a thing, then it's just technology. It's just beyond our comprehension, including vision. Either that or aliens have been watching us for so long. They saw that we started having better technology. They're like, these guys are still too much of idiots. We're out. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't getting pictures taken of us. <laughs> They're like, just on the off chance, let's knock it off. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that would be my, starting war with themselves. <laughs> that would be my thought is if, you know, if they if there's some alien spacecraft to get here, like knowing what we know about space, then it just moves beyond our comprehension. And like I said, including including our vision, we just we can't comprehend that speed or that movement. That would be or the other thing, too. I mean, you know, we could still be a science experiment in a Petri dish going wrong. Right. Ah, just leave that over there. <laughs> right. Don't don't go back and check on that one. It's, We're on the back of itself. Like, yeah. We're going to throw them in this galaxy. This is our screw-up galaxy right here. But yeah. We're just going to put up walls. Punt it, punt it over there. They'll never make it to us anyway. <laughs> okay. So the documentary that was done is called The Missing 411. And it's where this guy, uh, David Paulides... He's a former police officer and is now an investigator and writer known for his self-published books to provide the reality of Bigfoot. <laughs> All right. I'm okay. Well, Bigfoot's another one where you never get a clear photo. You know, I'm sorry, but Bigfoot has been around long enough that unless he is one of the dinosaurs <laughs> and has eternal life, he's dead. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> well, they say that Bigfoot is nothing more than a. Uh, uh, it's a almost like a breed of ape. So there's not just one. There's tribes of them. So meaning there's not there's not a Bigfoot. There is the, Bigfoot uh, clan. Yeah. Bigfoot, as in the species. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sasquatch. That, that I can Eddie. get with. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, and, you think if there were more than one, you would have better proof. Well, I go back to the whole thing of, you know, these guys that go out into the woods. I don't know you guys have seen the meme. I know I've posted it personally on my Facebook page. But what are these guys going to do that go out in the woods and holler out mating calls for something that's like eight feet tall? What are they going to do when that <laughs> thing comes running out of the woods at them with a big raging hard boner going... <laughs> I heard bitches. I mean, the only thing I can tell them to do is they need to go to prison to get practice first. <laughs> I mean, I, that, I that's have, the equivalent have, of a dog chasing a car and then finally catching it. It's like, yeah, what you, you are you going to do? What do I do, do with it? Yeah, what are going to do? <laughs> so, does he have like a whole red rocket thing that kind of goes and when he gets a hard on, it kind of sticks out or is it just kind of all of his junk hanging there all the time does it look, yeah, look probably like, like, like a bull the other. Yeah. yeah i mean this is where you introduce the chaos theory <laughs> <laughs> I 
Uh, well, I can tell you for one thing, I'm not going to go find out what it looks like. <laughs> if Bigfoot anyway, is his, alive, I am not going to try and bring I mean, the damn thing in with a mating call. Yeah, because so, as far as we know, that some bitch could be barbed. Uh, ow. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this guy has this thing called Missing 411. It's a series of books which he documents the disappearances of people in national parks and elsewhere. And we're talking unspecified causes. Uh, the data analysis suggests that these disappearances are not statistically mysterious or unexpected. That's according to Wikipedia. You might want to spin your mic just a tad. How's that? I can hear you, but faint. When you turn your head. Yeah. Oh, that's when okay, you're off reading. Your, like, your mic doesn't yeah. follow. Gotcha. <laughs> so it's called the missing 411. And he starts talking about how there's no way statistically possible for this many people to go missing in state parks and national parks without there being some cause behind it. Mm. And we're talking, you'll have a whole group of family that'll be out there hiking or something like that. And the person who's in the front or in the back just disappears completely. There's no tracks. There's no nothing. They just disappear. I've got a perfect explanation for that. 1987, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Predator. <laughs> but there would be and a trace, though. Be something. There wasn't a trace with him. <laughs> there, there's no scream. There's <laughs> nothing. People just disappear. Hmm. It almost seems like that's a way to get rid of a body. So what, maybe the entire family was in on it. I was just, like, that's where I was like, getting all to. right, Jed has fucked up for the last time. We're all Let's taking him out. Let's go for a hike. So I found that, that park I was thinking of, it's called Bear Brook State Park. It's 10,000 acres in New Hampshire. That's a good sized park. It's a good place for stuff to disappear, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's definitely it's a triangle for sure. Yeah, there was a, in this TV show I was watching, there was kind of like this murder mystery. The park rangers were saying, like, there are parts of this park that no one has ever been. Like, it's that big. You know, just people just have not gone to the far corners of this place. Wow. That is sparse. (laughs) They haven't gone to the far corners that we know of. Mm. You might just find Jimmy Hoffa. In one of those corners. I forgot what our topic was for tonight. You're right. You're right. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know. I mean, this is good conversation, but I don't don't know how far people actually take some of this stuff. I mean, it is interesting to to research and and look for evidence. But, you know, what what are you going to do about it? Right. (laughs) I mean, if there there is a new world order, what am I going to do about it? Nothing. Right. Was a cog I mean, in the wheel, right? Yeah. I mean, just one person. Yeah. They all say, oh, just one person can make a change. No, one person can make a change if you get a bunch of people to follow you. Right. Uh, Otherwise, yeah. If you were Martin Luther King and you can get all those people to follow you, more power. Great. Enjoy. But otherwise, you are barking up a fucking tree that don't give a shit. That and true. that's the unfortunate truth. 
And if any one of us tonight, any one of the three of us come up missing in the next few weeks, then this is why. Right. We got, we got <laughs> <Exactly>. too close. <laughs> we touched a nerve. So, so here's, here's the, here's the order of business for the next, you know, couple of weeks. No hot tubs, no small aircraft, no trips on the Potomac in a small boat, you know, basically stay out of DC, you know, <laughs> no national forest. That's right. No national forests <laughs> or parks, <laughs> um, no trips to Denver. <laughs> <laughs> Keep yourself grounded. That's right. <laughs> Don't leave the house with any less than two people. <laughs> always travel in groups. It's always safer that way. Travel with a group you can trust. No, while you were that, <laughs> while you were taking a break, we were so, just saying that for some people, you might not want to travel with family, <laughs> mm. especially to a park. <laughs> right. Yeah. If they bring Dahmer, a party of twelve, Dahmer, party of twelve. <laughs> Yeah, this is a this is a new one for me. I I had not heard this one. Which one? The state park one. Oh, the missing four one one. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, one. If is, your family has never been hiking, and all of a sudden, hey, you know what? Be fun. Let's go take a hike. Yeah. From now on, if someone suggests like a group of us go hang out at the week for a weekend at a state park, I'm be like, pass. Right. <laughs> Hard pass. Hey, we're doing a motorcycle meetup at this state park. No, no, we're not. <laughs> no, we are no. not. Holy uh, shit! <laughs> Missing four one one cases, theories, and community. Uh oh, uh oh, <laughs> there's a Facebook group. Oh, really? <laughs> oh my god! Wow. <laughs> of course there is. I mean, why not? Just like the saying, there's an app for that. There's a Facebook group for that. <laughs> So I don't know. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is, this is a truth, really, a phenomenon, right? What yeah. Call it? yeah. This this one this one might actually fall into phenomenon. Well, this says yeah. This says this is a conspiracy that's very real and remains without satisfactory explanation. So this is not a conspiracy theory. This is not something that people sit down and think about. And don't there's have any hard evidence. evidence. Yeah, this it, is. There's no hard. Evidence. This is just a conspiracy, and there's no answer to it. Mm-hmm. This is bizarre. mysteries. Oh, you heard they're bringing that show back, didn't you? I did. Yes. Like oh, and oh, what was the commercial for it? It's almost like they tried to do a Twilight, <laughs> like, uh, like no, a movie. No, not that. Um, Twilight Zone. Oh, okay. Trying to bring back the whole vibe thing. Which, if they bring back the Twilight Zone, that... I don't know. Cause They've already done that a couple of times. Yeah, they have, but the original person for it, the original narrator on there, I can't remember his name right off hand. Rod Serling. Yes. Like They would have to get somebody with his unique type of voice. Yeah, and the original Unsolved Mysteries was Robert Stack. Yeah. And again, you're not going to find those two. Correct. I mean, unless you, like, get Morgan Freeman to change his world around. Mm. (laughs) Even then, it's still hard to, you know, picture Morgan Freeman doing a Twilight Zone type thing after he talks about dandelions and daffodils. 
Yeah, I'm no. Although, according to a friend of mine, his favorite word is fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Him saying it would almost be like the French language. Yeah. Yeah. It it's not going to sound. Watch the movie Wanted. He says it several times in that. You know what? You're right. So oh, still man. to this day, he's no Sammy Wall Jackson. No. No, if you're going to say <laughs> fuck, you've got to, you know. you got to do it right. The other, another one that's crazy amount of curse words is uh, Departed. Ever seen that? Oh, that's one where he, uh, isn't that the one with Matt Damon? Yeah, it was uh, done in Boston. Just, yeah. it's a, just. You a, drink a cranberry juice? It's Are a cursed period? machine gun. <laughs> Wanted 2008. Okay. Oh, yeah. I remember this one. I just sent y'all a link. It's, it's a horrible movie. Isn't you this know? the one where, isn't this the whole curved bullet theory? Yes. yes. Where, where she yes. like swings the gun and the bullet goes yeah. like around the room and kills like nine people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, what that's kind the of one. Is that? Oh man. I Even mean, Mythbusters did one on that, and they said that's it's not possible. possible. Good it, entertainment, though. Come on, Mythbusters. Yeah, yeah it was great entertainment. <laughs> it was definitely great, but. Good they could have just changed the name of that show to let's blow shit up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's make fun of Jamie and blow stuff up. Yep. So I just sent y'all a link. I don't know what uh, we're talking about. True facts about Morgan Freeman. It's kind Does of a parody type Illuminati? thing. Hmm. You know, I don't know. It's a good question. The way he All talks, right. he could be like a diabolical person, but... He can narrate your life and you're like, okay, that's cool. You're like, I sound amazing. I die in fiery cinders, but it's all right because Morgan Freeman is narrating my life. All right. So Nash, we've talked about ours. What's your favorite conspiracy theory? Mine is the new world order of the Illuminati controlling it. Same. The man says. I mean, it's it's a solid theory. I like your corporate it, it tie. Really I, I like I said, I I have similar feelings about you know big corporations, especially big tech nowadays. It's there's a lot of control there, mm-hmm. and that that's an angle I I don't put in there too often, but I should. Yeah, well, I mean, when you start thinking about Amazon and Facebook and Twitter. I mean, geez. Well, not only that, but you look at that right there Facebook covers a lot. And Twitter and Amazon and Google, those four alone, and Instagram as well. Yeah. So those five right there, those five big players, we'll call them the five big tech. Well, Instagram okay. is Facebook, so you can just call that one. So, yeah, so we'll just go with four then. That's right. So you've got it's Facebook really a four. and Instagram that. You throw up your pictures. You throw up what you do for the day. You post your life on where these you are places. Yeah. So they've got you. You know, you're giving your life away to them. Google. Everybody uses Google Maps. 
Android phones, Google searches. Well, you're just plugging in your world away on that. So there you go with Facebook and Google. They've got all your information that they really need. Well, think about the search engine. I, I read this research paper years ago, and they talked about the phenomenon of how much you tell a search engine that you don't tell anyone, mm-hmm. right? Let's say you're, you're having an ailment, and maybe it's in a part of your anatomy that you would not like to discuss with other people. So you start mm-hmm. banging that into the search engine, right? Like, why do my balls itch all the time? You know, and now <laughs> you're essentially telling Google that you have itchy balls. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Yep. So all that stuff that you're not even thinking of as sharing data is the huge part of the of the search engine. So yeah, and I mean they have your location. Because of the convenience of it. Right, the convenience, I get an instant answer, I might even get a possible cure. Mhm. At least I have something to read that maybe makes me feel better. And then you know the location data mm-hmm. GPS tracking on everything, apps tracking everything you do, everything you buy. So, you, yeah, Facebook, Apple or Google, depending on your phone, mm-hmm. Amazon, and Microsoft. That's it. Those five yeah. I have all of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, just between the three of Facebook, and uh, Facebook, Google, and Amazon, they get with Amazon. They know how you shop, what you shop for, what you eat, what you wear, all that stuff. Google, they know what your ailments are, where you go, what and you think do about now, when you do it. In some of these lockdowns, think about how many people are have switched to a lot of delivery services. So mm-hmm. where maybe you would run off to the package store and pick up your beer, or your wine, or whatever. Now you're ordering it through an app and having it delivered. Mm-hmm. So now they're going to oh, how you much get you 12 buy, cases you of beer it. every week. Look at that. Right. You know? <laughs> and then they can categorize you into certain areas. Like, okay, well, heavy drinker, itchy we balls. consider you an alcoholic, even though you might be buying it, ship it to your house, and then take it to your backyard bar where you have friends at. Right. They're not going to see that. They're not going to care. Oh, they just know that you're a consumer of an awful lot of beer. Yeah. And yep. then guess what happens when you don't order that 12 cases or you don't order that? Then all of a sudden you start getting hit with the, hey, are you feeling okay? Right. Mm-hmm. You, see you start getting, lately? well, no, you start seeing the advertisements for yeah, more let, beer. Yeah. Let me let me tailor these ads to your personal experience so we can better take care of your needs. Mm-hmm. It's not that we want to pull more information from you. It's that we want to personalize it for you. you know, we're doing a service for you. Bullshit. I tell you, nobody though, does nothing for free. If, if you know By how way, some of this works, you can have some good fun with it, though. <laughs> I'll give an example. One, same household where everyone's sharing the same Internet. So a lot of mm-hmm. the trackers just have your point of egress or so your, your, your public IP address. Mm-hmm. So you can just you can start searching and shopping for some random stuff. And then other people in your household maybe your wife will start seeing ads for some of this random shit. (laughs) You can have some fun with this too. (laughs) You could. could. What I do, I'll sit there and I'll click on random ads every once in a while. Yeah. And then I'll email the ad owner and say, because you're doing services with Google or whoever, (laughs) I would never buy your product. Because you advertise here. Because you advertise with them. 
Wow, you that's get taking... enough people to do that. You need a hobby. Now. It would start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no shit. It's a cheap hobby. Come on. You ever looked into <laughs> firearms? They're good fun. Yeah, that's expensive though. That's why I've got that big old case in the back. Twenty twos, <laughs> my man. Twenty twos, where it's at. Boomer yeah, and I we were, were actually about that before you got on. <laughs> we were actually looking at. Um, I'm looking at getting into precision shooting, and you can't find six five Creedmoor. You can't find three oh eight. You can't find any ammunition anywhere. Got to reload it. Yeah. yeah, you can't find nothing. Hell, well, even reloads. And, primers are just non-existent anymore as well. Yeah, if I've I'm sitting on a little thing of powder and some primers, small pistol primers. So it's nine millimeter, you know, anything small. Yeah, like three eight. And yeah, one of the guys at work found out I had that little package of small pistol primers, and he's like, "Do not tell anyone you have that." Why? Because what you paid four ninety nine for X amount of months ago, I was like, dude, I bought those a year and a half, two years ago when I was going to do reloading of nine. And he goes, so you paid like $1.99 for that. I was like, yeah. He goes, you could sell it for over 20 bucks right now. In fact, I'll give you $20 for it. I mean, you could probably make a down payment for a spider with those primers now. So I'm not going to say that, you know, I, you know, sold those primers for 20 bucks. Nice. You know, $20 is $20. Was that just a hey, hundred or a thousand? How now many? that's the exact same thing that little boy blue said. 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Exactly. He needed the money. <laughs> yeah. If you've, if you've got a cache of ammo or primers now, now's the time to get all those toys that you want. Cause that is like having gold. It really is. It's better than gold. I've already told you my offer for that R6, man. (laughs) (laughs) Got enough trouble with those in the house. I'd even come up there and deliver it for you. (laughs) Even deliver it and ride the bike home. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. That's too far to drive that R6. <laughs> I rode it that far once. Yeah, that's all it, it takes, too. Yeah, exactly. Don't need to do that again. Yeah, I've been looking at, you know, Precision 22 and getting into one of those. I mean, you can sit there and plank 22 all day long. and. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about the one I like, the, the TX-22. Did you see the new competition model? Yeah. That's nice. That is nice. Mm-hmm. Makes me want to get a second one. But while 22 still, I don't want to say it's easy to get, but you can still get 22. You yeah. can still find 22 at Walmart. One of the guys that I work with bought two 300-round boxes. You know, the 333 box of 22 shells. There you go. That's that 33. There it is. Yeah. I've been, uh, the TX-22 seems to, well, a lot of reviews have said it'll eat anything. It's not as fussy as the Glock, but I'm still sticking to 40 grain. Mm -hmm. It seems that even with the fussy Glock, it would shoot 40 grain pretty well. So I got the 800 brick of Federal Target 40 grain. And Academy sells those for like 36 bucks. See, there you go. And that's, you shoot on that forever. 800 rounds, yeah. That's... 
I'll tell you, it goes quick though. Cause the last time I went, I was like, ah, I'm going to take it easy. You know, I'm going to put, I'm going to put 50 <laughs> through the nine. And then we know how this goes. I'm, I may, maybe I'll, I'll put a hundred through the 22 and then 200 rounds later. I'm like, Oh <laughs> shit. I'm out of ammo. <laughs> 200 rounds, 30 minutes, like, oh, damn. Damn, 16 Just blew rounds. My <laughs> I took Junior, and we had to go break in that slide of that uh, 320 with the red dot, and we burned up 300 rounds of 9 mil. Mm. And I'm like, and we're just kicking ammo out, and people are just looking at us going, you got to be the wealthiest of bitches on the planet. <laughs> right. Like, they must have just sold an R6 for this. <laughs> Rich isn't laughing. No. <laughs> no, because it's true. That's the problem. <sighs> well, it, does your range have any ammo? Is it still, thir- like, it's $30 a box where I go? The range that I go to or the one that I went, they had ammo, but it was... You had to get a rental gun in order to buy their ammo. Oh. Last time I bought a box was about a month ago, and they would sell you two, like no questions asked, but it was 30, 30 bucks, you know, 60 cents a round. I think that's what I paid. I paid 64 cents a round, and I bought a case. And that was when I had that training class that I went to. And I ended up going with, we went with 2,400 rounds and we came home with 14. And that was two people shooting on a two-day class. It's not bad. No, he cut the, rank, he cut the round count down big time because it was, should have been an eight or a 900-round course. I've seen a lot of these you know, YouTubers that are reviewing guns and things like that. You know, they're even with like rapid fire, you know, semi-auto rifles, they're down to like, well, I'm going to put 10 rounds through this one and then I'm going to grab the next one. And I'm only going to put 10 rounds through that. <laughs> yep. Even though it has a 30 round magazine, never mind. It's only going to get 10. <laughs> yeah. It's like, cause it's like, you know, 10 bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks. Yep. I'm going to neglect my fun for this. It's getting nutty. Exactly. It is. And if that House Bill 127, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put this out there. If House oh. Bill 127 gets out of committee, you're going to watch parts, components, everything is going to dry up at a snap of a finger overnight. It's get nutty. It's all, well, it's already nutty. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's. I had to take a break from searching for, for ammo for a while because it just was consuming me. They're looking for deals and stuff. Um, I'll send you something <laughs> offline. I, I've got, I've got a hookup. All right, I'll, I'll share the one I have as well. It's it's good, but you have to be quick. That's the problem. Yeah, but I, I, I almost bought this one out there. I almost bought a thousand round. Like you were talking, you said sixty four cents. So a thousand mm-hmm. round box came up for seven hundred. And, you know, available online purchase. So I was like, geez, <laughs> it's spendy, <laughs> but you I? can turn around, you can turn around and you can unload it if you needed to. Yeah. You, you could, could turn around and you, you could get 95 cents around off that on any of the little ammo trading things. Oh, better than that. 
the best you can I can find on Gunbroker is a dollar fifteen. Then yeah, I don't know. that's not the best one, but well, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and I'll put this one out here because it's not the only place. But there's an app that you can get. It's called the Ammo Ammunition Search Engine. It's called Ammo Seek. It's available on iOS and Android. I thought that only had certain suppliers, though. It does only have certain suppliers, but I can go to it right now. And it is Sunday, February 7th at almost 9.30. And we want 9mm ammunition. Yeah, it was on there earlier today. It didn't look that great, though. And I can find I can get Wolf nine millimeter steel cased ammo for sixty cents a round. But you have to buy a thousand rounds. Uh, yeah, that is a thousand round case. And see, the problem with that is a lot of ranges won't let you shoot it. So, here's the funny thing about that: they're not letting you shoot it, not because it's steel cased, because there's no difference between the lead of the bullet, the projectile that's being used it's the steel casing right i know the, the fire risk right yeah no they can't turn around and recycle the brass see i've had i've had a range tell me though that they just sort it out with a magnet exactly so i don't know i had a buddy tell me it was a fire risk because of all the powder that doesn't burn out the end it just accumulates in front of the range and then the steel case I've I've shot wolf ammunition. I know a friend of mine that teaches classes that that's all he shoots at training classes is wolf ammo. Okay. And he as someone who has worked at a range, the reason why is because they don't want to sort the brass. They don't, they don't want, want to sort scoop. it and yep. also too is that they have to pay to dispose of the steel casings instead of getting paid for the brass. Correct. So now they've got a big bucket of steel-cased ammo with that cheap aluminum or whatever it is that they use. Mm -hmm. Instead of using brass, they now got to figure out how to ditch this shit. And they can't just throw it in a dumpster and call it good. Right, right. I got you. Yeah, that's why most of your ranges don't like steel casings being shot. Yeah. Uh, Oak Island Ammunition. Has 124 grain full metal jacket, thousand round case for 69 cents a round. Yeah, that's what I saw earlier today. I don't, I don't like shooting steel because you can't reload it. Once it's shot, it's shot. That's it. It's over. And the wolf's got a weird primer, right? Just the primers, you can't even press it out. From what I heard. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's doable, but it's tricky. It's not the same. It's just like. Popping it out with a decapper or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Usually it's your resizing die and all kinds of black magic and shit that I don't bother to get into. And Yeah, you gotta sell your soul to the devil and shake hands with a demon. Yeah. yeah, and you sacrifice a virgin on your ammo bench and mm-hmm. all kinds of other crap. And I got a friend of mine who said, yeah, I can come over and I can help you set up your bench, but we're going to need to, we, we need to get some other ingredients. I was like, what are you talking about? Well, we need a chicken. Like, what? <laughs> a chicken. <laughs> looked at him and I went, a dead frog, you know. 
why do we need a chicken? Well, we have to sacrifice a chicken over your reloading press to make sure it works right. You're like, good night. <laughs> I really hope you're fucking with me, Robert. <laughs> like, that's and he just laughed that I ain't trying to play with. And he and just laughed it just, off. He just laughed and walked away from me. And I went, I don't know if he's kidding or if he's serious, but that's black magic shit. And I don't play with that. I've seen one too many episodes of Supernatural to fuck with that nonsense. Yeah, that Rastafarian shit can stay away from me. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, now that we've we've turned it into a gun show. Gun show. <laughs> right. <laughs> now that we've delved into the gun, we've gone... Uh, we've got people turning off and we've got the gun fags that are just like, you know... They're like, yeah, more, more. Yes, more. Oh, need this. I'm almost there. <laughs> Tell me more about the about the chamber depth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you need some objects around, you know, that will make make similar noise. Well, Chad, you could probably just grab a piece nearby, but you know, you need something that you can crack open and make it sound like you're chambering around or something. You know, you're like. <laughs> Get your ASMR gun fix. All right, is it show off time? <laughs> show off time. All you right. mean like Boomer? You first. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This. That's that nifty little Kimber that I picked up. Yeah, you're like really, that, aren't you? I'm still jealous of that deal you got. Dude, I don't know what was going on with this individual. I'm I don't think he realized what he had. And I think that's what it come down to is he thought he had just a standard, you know, cult run of the mill 1911. That well, no, I think he, I think he really thought that what he had was a Kimber Gold Cup. Or a Kimber Gold match. It was either that or he was getting into divorce and he didn't want the wife to get it. No, the wife was with him in the car when we met up at the range. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah. So I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll share the story with everybody if I haven't done it before. I had a Glock 19 that I put together. It was a, um, it had a Suarez slide uh, precision barrel in it. It had a Trigicon RMR. It was all a Glock 19 that I put together. Pretty straightforward, you know, Gucci Glock. And it was a Gen 3. Yeah, it Trigicon RMR. It had a, you know, uh, plain black rear sight. Stock internals. uh, Suarez trigger, Suarez slide. uh, Big dot front sight. Trig RMR. And a uh, Magwell. I don't remember who made the low-profile Magwell on it. But I put this whole gun together, and I was shooting it. I've got big hands. I much prefer a Glock 17 over a Glock 19. So it was just kind of sitting there. And my kid doesn't, he's, he doesn't like the Glock. He doesn't prefer a Glock. He actually kind of prefers, he's leaning more towards the SIGs now, which is where I've gone over to. And one of the 
groups that I'm in, this guy that I shoot with, he's like, hey, I've got a Kimber Gold match that I'll trade you for your Glock 19. I went, well, you're like, no way. <laughs> if there's a magazine ban, here's my thinking behind it. If there's a magazine ban that says, hey, if you carry anything more than 10 rounds, yeah. you're going to be in trouble. Well, I'm going to avoid confrontation with law enforcement and I'll just carry a single stack. And a single stack 45 sounded like a good idea, right? So I told him, let me shoot it. We met up at the range. We talked. We, you know, shot. I, he shot the Glock. I shot the 1911. I was pretty impressed with it. And I said, done deal. Came with three mags and, you know, the full carry gear and the whole nine yards, right? Mag pouch, you know, three Wilson combat mags. Tight gun. It was great. I get it home and I start going through the paperwork on, and all the paperwork was in the Kimber case. Well, I open up and I start moving stuff around and pick the foam up. And underneath the foam is the custom build sheet from Kimber. It's a yellow form and they check off what else they do on this thing. <laughs> it has a one piece magwell with mainspring housing. It's got, you got to move in, turn your, turn your face to your mic. <laughs> okay. Or just turn the mic, just pivot it. There we go. So here it is right here. I know this means absolutely crap because well, it's a shorty podcast. No, it's a full length. Uh, full length. Yeah. That's four, four five inch barrel. That's a five inch barrel. Five inch. Okay. Oh, nice. And it's a Kimber gold match and it's got the wonderful little rear sights that I like. And that's not a stock trigger, is it? Or you no, get, it's not. You're getting to it. it. Is, I'm getting to it. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. <laughs> In the bottom on this yellow sheet of everything that was added on to this gun is everything extra that was done to it. So it is a gold match to start with. To start with. Okay. And then they added a bunch of other shit to it. And I start looking at it, and the price sticker is underneath where they add everything up, and they tell you how much this gun costs to build, and it oh, was a $100 gun. Wait, how much? I stepped on you. $2,200. <sighs> And I traded a Glock 19 that I built for about $950. And this was built in what year, though? A couple years ago. Okay, so that's even better. <laughs> you know, if you went to get that today, you couldn't get it for 2200 That's what I'm saying. Um, probably not. I'd okay. have to look at the date on it again, but... The gunsmith, I don't know if Kimber does this on their standard guns. I haven't had a chance to pull a standard Kimber apart. But the gunsmith who did all the work on it, his initials are engraved into the bottom of the slot. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's a touch of custom work right there. So that what, really is. What all is in it then on the sheet? If you have. Um, I'd have to go dig it up, and I'm not going to dig it up because it would take me too long to dig up the sheet, but... As I'm looking here at the gun, it has ambidextrous uh, thumb safety. It's got thumb safety on either side. You can see that. I like those grips. If you'll notice, this one is longer on the left side of the gun than it is on the right side. Because what he did is he cut the one that you would use if you were shooting it with your left hand. Yeah. He cut that down and then beveled it. So it doesn't have that sharp edge where you would think it would poke you. So he set it up, set it up for a right-hander. It's set up for a right-hander that if I needed to shoot left-handed, I could. Nice. Yeah. 
I was very impressed with that. So that's a 10-rounder then? Uh, because it's a single stack? Eight round. Okay. It, it's an eight-round Wilson. Uh, it's a seven-round if you use the standard magazines. It's an eight-round if you use the Wilson Combat 47D magazines, which are my preference for a 1911. Nice. Yeah, I've been... I've been looking at those. Wilson Combat actually hit my radar recently. I've been looking at their stuff. but They're, Here's the thing about a 1911. A 1911 has to be pampered. It has to be um, treated like it is a work of art. The best way to explain it, as a friend of mine told me, is you have to treat this gun like it's a prom queen. Mm. You have to mm-hmm. wine and dine it. You have to take it out. You have to show it love and affection. So that when you get into a fight, that it's going to fight like a biker bitch that's got no worry about coming out of it alive or dead. Just knowing that it's going to win. If you do those things, it will run forever. Right. Versus if your, you, your Gucci, Gucci Glock, which just goes click bang every time. Every single time. Which right. Glocks, you know, they work. Glocks are like McDonald's to me. They're everywhere, but they do work. Especially if you're in a pinch. Yep. But I'm with I'm with Chad on the, the confrontation, thus the forty eight. So ten rounds. Until you get your shield magazines. Mm-hmm. I'm not even on the waiting list anymore. It's like, come on. It's been so long. <laughs> I'm probably I guess I'm on the waiting list, but whenever they get some we'll get notified. Okay. But what would the res- the restriction would be on the magazine or the or the firearm? Because I'm hearing two different things that the, exactly the magazines would be outlawed, so you'd be stuck with the stock magazines, or the firearm itself would become illegal because it's capable of accepting a 15 rounder. Either one, hence the reason why I have and a 1911. That's, that's where they're going to hit you, or it's going to be an NFA item, and now. For each one of the four magazines I have, will cost me eight hundred dollars. If the the magazines that hold more than ten rounds, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, those are all ten. Never mind. So yeah, they're they're good. Yeah, well, it's going to cost eight hundred either way because that's the insurance that you have to have just for owning a firearm. It don't matter what you have. Yes, well, that's just the insurance part. He's talking about the NFA ban that they were talking about, which is oh yeah, okay. Um, well, they just, they just turn all these items into NFA items, and that's how they rake in a ton of cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a legal term. It's um, I can't remember what it is. It's Latin. It's something about you can't be held accountable for something that was legal to do at one time, and now it's illegal Right. going forward. I don't remember the term. It's a type of grandfathering, though. Yeah. So what they did in 94, 94, Five, they passed the Clinton crime bill. Mm-hmm. The Clinton crime bill said, going forward, you can't have any magazines that hold more than 10 rounds. The only people who are allowed to have any magazines that hold more than 10 rounds are law enforcement, military only, and all magazines will be stamped law enforcement, military use only. If you were caught with one of those, you were looking at a very serious discussion and a possible you know, crime. Hence, a lot of people back then were carrying 10-round mags, which is why you have all these guns that, in certain places, only come with a 10-round magazine. Right. And you even have that in some locality, some locales like California and I think New Jersey, yes. 10 rounds only. 
so the idea of having a single stack weapon is kind of makes sense to have one. Right. Now they can't get you on something going forward. They you can't. Well, unless they put reciprocity not reciprocity. Is that what it is? If they make it nope. reciprocal. No, reciprocity means that you're talking about it being acknowledged in all 50 states. Not reciprocity. What is the word they talk about? Uh, retroactive. Yeah. Yeah. Is that but in then, the bill? I don't think that's in the bill, though. That is not in the bill. Yeah. See, that goes into the whole retroactive thing of, yeah, you can say going forward, I can't carry a 15-round or a 17-round or with the new SIG factory magazines, 21 rounds in the SIG... Um, 320 or the FN57 that holds a 20 round mag or the Ruger 57 that has a 20 round mag. Well, they did mention in the bill that the FNs would be considered military use only and it would be a pretty much a banned item. So not even an NFA, just a straight ban. Mm-hmm. I do not have one of those. That Clinton crime bill just just for details, was that not the one authored by a one Joseph Biden? Yes, it was. Just checking my, my facts, that's all. Yeah. Well, now, he might not have authored it, but somebody with the anti-gun lobby definitely wrote it, and he put his name on it. Yeah. Well, he is, he is credited as the author and takes great pride in being the author of that. So, here's something. As all globalists would. <laughs> Well, I was just about Let's bring to bring it right back to the theory. <laughs> Full circle. Well, I was just about to go on that whole conspiracy theory thing. Supposedly, the Clintons, before that uh, gun ban went into effect, the Clintons had stock, personal stock. Hillary Clinton had bought stock in all of the major gun manufacturers and all of the uh, publicly traded firearms companies. All of them had bought stock in these companies so that when their products are now banned, the stock price went through the roof on a lot of these companies. It almost doubled in a week and they all made a shit ton of money off of this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Supposedly, well, that, that part sucks, but why would the stock double if your product just got banned? Because everybody's, everybody's buying it because it can't go into effect until a certain amount of a certain date. Oh, right. Like the bill passes and then it's like goes into effect in January type of thing. Yeah. It doesn't go, this uh, goes into effect September 1st. So that so. short term, like just buy everything in sight. I get you. I get you. Correct. Which is <laughs> what we'll end up seeing if house bill 2127 even makes it out of committee. Now just You'll to play see. devil's advocate on this, wouldn't this type of thing just get smacked down in the courts? It's possible, but you would at think the same so. Time, it depends on who you have in the courts. Well, the court is still gun friendly as of today. Well, the well, Supreme not gun court friendly. Is. Sorry, two A friendly, not the yeah. the Supreme Court. But you're going to have all of these challenges that are going to have to be filed before it can get to the Supreme Court. Yeah, you have different steps you have to file. Oh, it'll be a hot mess. Yeah, if it goes through, it'll just be a hot mess until it can get that far. And then it might get smacked down. Yeah. <clears throat> I got gotcha. you. But yeah, bringing the, bringing the globalist New World Order thing full circle. So you know, now you got the Democrats back in and, 
hey, let's just join the WHO again and let's mm-hmm. start restart the fleecing of America with the, the Paris climate money grab. It's like, come on, people. And with the WHO, you would think that they would not allow, because China is a part of the WHO, they would not allow a lab to be brought up and built in a month or two months' time and then start doing a lot of crazy shit there. <laughs> but they did. I was reading this thing earlier today, today or yesterday, that the Paris climate thing, the U.S. put in like $3 billion and we were the biggest by far. It's like, this thing's just a money grab. It's ridiculous. Well, all of it is. All under the all of sham of, of climate. And whether climate's real or not, it's not the point. The point is it's a money grab. Look into the, not to grab, let me go grab the tinfoil here quick, but the carbon credits that Al Gore was trying to get passed. Oh, that guy is a boner, man. <laughs> Holy cow. That was the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. It's like, oh, you I buy have, credits. You have to buy carbon credits and use those on top of your money to fill up your car with gas. Mm-hmm. That's but, almost as big of a bullshit thing as they've got going in Europe. And in England, you not only get taxed when you go purchase a TV, you not only get taxed when you, so, you know, you pay for the additional channels and everything else. But guess what? You pay a yearly tax because you own a television. And if you own more than one television, you pay a yearly tax for every TV in your house. Yep. Ouch. Well, did you see the... I think it was the quarterly results from Tesla. I guess they had some enormous number for the quarter. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And most of the money is from credits from other automakers. So other automakers that are still making cars that people actually want to buy, they have to buy credits to offset for them not building, you know, electric cars or whatever. And then that's actually soon to change here. Um, Ford and GM are actually looking to start oh, yeah. going straight into EVs. Well, but if you, uh, if you take that credit part out of Tesla's thing, then they only took in like nine hundred million or something, some small number compared to what they reported. It was it was laughable. Yeah, but have you driven a Tesla? Oh yeah, it's great fun. Oh yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great it's a great drive driving experience. I. I'm not spending $82,000 for that driving experience. Yeah, I I was enamored with them at one point. And now I'm just, I'm kind of going through like a tech detox, if you will. I'm just Mm -hmm. trying to move away from as much of that stuff as possible. Mm -hmm. Because you're worried the New World Order is spying on you? (laughs) I just, I don't know. I just want simpler things. Like, I just want a car with a beautiful sounding V8 and a smooth shifting six-speed it doesn't even need to have a radio at this point. It's got the right exhaust on it. That's all I need to hear. The exhaust will become the radio. You're right there. I agree. Yeah, one of the uh, one of my friends actually has a uh, Tesla, and he pulled up in front of the house, and he had hit the external noise, and it sounded like horses. Ooh. <laughs> 
He's like, yeah, I actually have horsepower when I go down the road. And it's got external speakers that you can hear. Clip, 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 clip. Oh, yeah. It goes down the road. Yeah. yeah, you've got so many different sounds that you can actually use on the Tesla for that. Because, obviously, no motor. There's internal speakers that you can turn them on for engine sounds or whatever else, and it'll do a shift for you and that all that. I had a funny, uh, funny scene the other day. One of my neighbors got a, a Model X recently. And I guess he had someone over. They were just kind of showing it off, and they were about to open the gullwing doors on the back, or falcon doors, whatever they call them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, check this out. It's like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna open up the doors. So I was like, just as as deadpan as I could do it, I was like, hold on, I'll get the fire extinguisher. <laughs> 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 like just totally rain it on the parade. <laughs> Yeah, needless to say, I didn't walk over and watch. <laughs> I was dying inside, though, but I just delivered it so deadpan. Like, hold on, I'll get the fire extinguisher. <laughs> it's funny you should mention that. And this isn't conspiracy, it's fact. If a Tesla gets into a wreck, they have to call Hazmat in. Mm hmm. What's really interesting as well on the Teslas, I uh, just saw this today, that their owners may have to purchase the uh, dash TVs or whatever you call it, even though there's been a recall on them. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So they may end up having to pay for them to fix them or replace them. Hmm. Well, we've now covered everything. All over, all the way out, and all the way back, right? Uh huh. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it does to change my life day to day, but it's interesting stuff to dig into from time to time, and it's going to be an interesting couple of years, that's for sure. If it hasn't already been interesting enough the last year or so, yeah, yeah, I'm just. I'm completely burnt out on it. <laughs> I don't care anymore. I'm pretty much at the point I'm tired of tech, and the only tech I'm going to do, obviously, is work for my job. Yeah. And come spring, I'm going to be outside working in the garden, and I've got a bunch of other plans that this pretty much takes me back to 1920s, 1930s, where tech doesn't even exist. But it makes your life so much easier. No, I don't. <laughs> the convenience is not worth. Yeah, the trade-off isn't there anymore. That's yeah. what it feels like. And that's the biggest thing. And I think that's what a lot of people are noticing is that the you know we were in this whole instant gratification time period where everybody wanted everything right then and now. And of course, the technological day and age, the internet and gig speeds and fiber. We were bringing that to everybody, but everybody's now like, you know what? We're giving up privacies and things that we used yeah. to take yeah. that we're now taking for granted. Maybe we should rethink this and rethink our lives and go back like a step or two. I started Oops. treating my, so my, the way I, t- I do like most of my personal tech now is like when the PC first started and you first got like dial up internet. So you remember those days where, you know, you had to make sure the line was clear and you sat down at a computer and you 
you did what you needed to do and then you just disconnected. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. where, you know, when you've got this computer in your pocket, it's too easy to just grab it and start doing mindless, useless nothingness, right? Mm-hmm. So more and more, I'm just leaving the phone on the desk, like, or even in the other room. And I'll, I'll take a purposeful 20 or 30 minutes. I'll sit down, I'll do email, I'll check a few things, jump into Slack, you know, that type oh, of thing. Grab you one of these. They still sell them. That's where I'm going Grab you one of those. Yeah. And that will stop your whole need for tech. Because that was the revolution for me. When the cell phone came out, it was great to have that communication. But now it's it just was. a computer in your pocket. And I'm, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's a nice convenience feature, but I just, I just don't need it. I can do everything I need to do on the computer and then I can step away. Mm-hmm. And that's what more people need to actually do. That's what everybody really needs to do is use a desktop computer for what you need it to use it for and then yeah. walk away from it. And then shut it Get off. away from tech. Right? Don't, yes. don't put it to sleep. Don't leave it running. Like, just power it down. Shut it off. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to do anything when you're not sitting there. Right. Yeah, because it allows a new world order to spy on you. That's right. Not only that, but shutting it off, you save power. So you save money. And heat, you know, those things generate heat. Yeah, I mean, my desktop computer, I mean, it's more like a server. It is pumping out. So that's kind of my, that's my trend for this year is I want to spend more time on the bike, less time on the phone, Mm -hmm. less time in computers in general, aside from work. That's what I do for work. But like you said, work, I want to work outside and I'm going to wrench on the bikes and, you know, started doing my own maintenance again on cars, so. It's another thing well, to you, pass the time. Well, if you start getting to the point where you're getting antsy and everything else, start doing jets. Go do go. Don't your kids take uh, martial arts, Rich? They do. Yeah. Go get into an adult class. Yeah, I keep threatening to do the the Krav Krav Maga classes, but McGraw, do they do it McGraw. at the same? Do they do it at the same place where your kids go? They do, but the schedule's different. But it's the same. How place. different? How different? It's just because it's like late at night. So where I go, they actually have one of the kids classes is from five to six and the adult class is from six to seven. Yeah. It's like that. My kids start at six 15 or depending on the class, six 15 or six 30. And when they're done, then it's, you know, the adult, the Krav courses, your kids, would actually enjoy seeing you do that. It's true. Because my kids, when they were younger, they're like, whatever your dad's dad's just threatening. And yeah. then they see dad start rolling around yeah. and grabbing a hold of somebody that they look up to. Yeah. They go, Oh, dad can kick ass. <laughs> um, okay. I really need to rethink this, but not only that, but it's also a, Hey, dad is doing the same activity that I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. So then you get that connection going on that wasn't there previously. Yeah, that's what we need to do. And of course, my kids are all older, so they can go to the adult class also. And that's what they do. Yeah. When I have my son for the summer, he's going to be, he goes to the adult class. And he gets treated like an adult, and he's taken several hits that have knocked him on the ground. 
And everybody just kind of goes, oh, are you okay? And I'm standing there going, get up. (laughs) (laughs) Your toughest critic will always be your father. (laughs) Yeah, but that was kind of a hard hit. He was holding an air shield. He's fine. (laughs) He fell on a padded mat. Get up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But yeah, there's something to be said about doing that with your kids, man. And I hate going to the gym, picking up weights and putting them down. Yeah, that bores me to tears. It's it's stupid. I have to have something that's physically going to keep me engaged. Otherwise, I won't do it. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it's the most unproductive thing you could possibly do. Yeah, you're just like... like they're, they're, yeah, because when you walk away from it, you have done... Yeah, yes, you've worked out, you've exercised, you've built up muscle. But what else have you done? Have you done anything productive that you can say, hey... Look what I've built. I've built a house, or I've done this or that. No. I've learned like, a new skill. No, you haven't. I've picked up a 50-pound plate, and you put it down. Yeah, I learned how to pick up this barbell <laughs> and set it over here. And you didn't Whereas, throw out your back. Congratulations. Yeah, right. <laughs> Whereas if you're doing, you know, if you're doing hep keto, jiu-jitsu, or, you know, Krav Maga, in your case, you're doing Krav. Mm-hmm. Okay. It learns what have you learned? Defense, yeah. You learned how to take a guy's arm and rip it off and beat him to death with it. <laughs> You can't outlaw my hands, bitches. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, by the way, Rich, the last time, um, I don't know if you remember, but when you came up to uh, Denton that one time and uh, we went and had tacos. Yeah. Do you remember that friend of mine that said, oh, look at that bitch over there. Do you remember that? I remember you telling me. I don't remember it at the time. But I remember you so, telling me after the fact. A friend of mine is a big jeeper and he does a little jeep things and they do their jeep get togethers and now it's we do jeep parades past people when they're having birthdays and weird shit like that. And uh he had jeepers creepers. What was I driving though? I don't know. You were down here for a work thing. Yeah, it would have been some rental car. Yeah. But uh we had blocked in there. It was me and my wife and my daughter and um and Richmond is up there, and we walked in the door, and there's my friend Billy, and he goes, look at that guy. He looks like a bitch. <laughs> and Rich and I both look over at him, and Rich is not a small dude. <laughs> and I'm a big guy, and these guys are looking at Billy going, have you lost your damn mind? What the hell's wrong with you, Billy? <laughs> what, is, what is wrong with Dude, you're going to start a fight, and those guys probably got guns and shit. And then, of course, I add into it, and I go, oh, that that guy, Billy, that was rich. He's a friend of mine. He does contract work. I oh, just I, left it at that. Not a lie. <laughs> I didn't mention what kind of contract work you did. That's funny. <laughs> and he goes, oh. Oh, shit. Um, he didn't take that personally, did he? <laughs> <laughs> nice. But he still brings that up. He's like, he'll see me somewhere and he'll be like, you look like a bitch. And I'll look at him and go, you really need to change your tone of language there, Billy. I don't want to have to come over there and tap you on your head. Like, yeah, I do contract work. Oh, what kind? Uh, personal relations. Yeah. Lead pipe cruelty. You know, <laughs> They're on sale right now, too. Business is slow. <laughs> <laughs> 
was the the look on Rich's face of what did he just say? Damn, dude, what did you bring me to? Yeah, I, I guess I. Yeah, I guess I blocked that out of memory. I don't know. I just I don't remember that. I know you you've told me before after the fact, but I'm like, okay. I remember I thought yeah. he was joking. It's like whatever. He he, he really was. And, but he didn't realize, well, he, at the time he's like, oh yeah, I'm just joking. No, that could have gone really bad, Billy. (laughs) Really bad. (laughs) You're lucky you caught us on a good day. You caught Rich on a really good day, man. He can get kind of crazy at times. I've seen him. (laughs) If he has a contract, go bad. Look out. He might have a bad day. You might be the one. Just saying. He's seen a lot of things. There's a, speaking of bad days, have you seen that movie that's out? Um, Gosh, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's kind of a giant road rage thing. Like, Oh, yeah, the woman, new one with uh, Gerard. Um, oh, not Gerard. What the heck is it? The woman yells at him and then he basically stalks her and kills everybody. Yeah, it's the it's the guy from Gladiator. Yeah, what the heck is that movie? It's just one of those where you're like, really Hollywood? That's that's the uh, story we're going with here. Unhinged. Unhinged. Yes. And it's got Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Oh man. Oh god. I watched <laughs> that preview and I'm like, this is disturbing. I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, and he's gotten fat. Yeah. He's like Fat Thor, who's my favorite Avengers character of all time. Yeah, that is the greatest right. character of all time. Yeah, you know, Fat just Thor. wearing a bath a bathrobe and pajama pants. Yeah, yes. just like let yourself go, drinking beer all day, playing video games. Best character ever. Yep. Every time my kids start talking about Avengers, and I'm like, I'm like, y'all know who my favorite character is, right? But see, if you started doing jits or you start doing Krav, where they go and do what they're doing, uh, I mean, that's going to change with them. Right. You'll be talking about doing arm bars and shit. And I'll have to do it. Yeah, just do it a couple of times and come back and let us know how you did. I will. I'll report back. <laughs> because I know when I go and we have a, we're actually looking at doing an adult um, sparring class. That we're talking about uh, going a little, getting a little rowdy. And it's like, yeah, it's going to be on Friday nights. And we really don't advise bringing your younger children to this. <laughs> yeah, you seen the movie Fight Club? Don't talk about it. We, we don't talk about this. <laughs> You're just going to sign up and then we're just not going to. That's all we're going to talk about. Just sign up and then you show up. That's it. And remember, in Project Mayhem, you have no name. (laughs) But in death, you get your name back. (laughs) Right. And your name is Robert Paulson. His name was Robert Paulson. And on that, I think we've done this for... <laughs> I was going to say, the fire looks like it's going out over there. Yeah, pretty much. Beer's I empty. Wanna, 
Beer's empty. About down to Coles here. I'm out of wood. So, and we're talking about Fight Club. So, <laughs> right. I guess we're going to wind it down. Thanks everybody for taking two hours out of your time to listen to us ramble about nothing at all. And uh, we'll catch you around the fireplace next time. Rich, it's been great having you on. Yeah, thanks, guys. Enjoyed it. Definitely a pleasure. As always. And I'll report back on the Croft progress. Yeah, let us know. Uh, if you got any comments, questions, suggestions, or anything else, hit us up on our email. It's cracklecaststudio at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at cracklecaststudio and all the other wonderful places that we're out there. And, of course, if you have any problems with this, by all means, let Bacon know that we did a shitty job and he'll fire every single one of us and start over. He'll cut her pay in half. Tell him if oh, he that's doesn't true. like we it, get her. he needs to just come back. He's predisposed or indisposed <laughs> at the moment. Got to give him a jab even though he's not here. Well, we'll throw him under the bus next time and then run him over. There you go. We'll spin tires on him. He'll be all right. <laughs> And that'll do it. Thanks, guys.